Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. It's time for the kickoff. Behind everything that is great. There is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the fantasy football mastermind edge. The definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Nazareth, has several decades of fantasy football experience. His website, ffmastermind.com offers comprehensive fantasy football information, including a preseason drafting strategy guide and weekly in-season fantasy football newsletters. The Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge offers fantasy football picks to click and play. The latest NFL news and much, much more. Each week during the fantasy football season. Remember... There's no bragging rights for finishing second. You lose! Good day, sir! Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, Michael Nazareth. Welcome to the show, everybody, and welcome to October. Yes, the first month of the 2022 NFL season is complete. We're at the quarter pole. My name's Michael Nazareth. I'm host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast, Fantasy Football Mastermind can be found online at ffmastermind.com. And with me, once again, my very good friend and very experienced fantasy player, writer, uh, general manager extraordinaire, uh, Chris Rito. How are you doing tonight, Chris? Very well, sir. Very well. You've got to get the word extraordinaire in there somewhere. I just love the fact that you use that. Uh, yeah, we're at the quarter <laughs> pole. We're actually at about the, about the one-third mark for most fantasy regular seasons, too. So, I mean, it's actually even a little farther along than that. It's crazy. It seems like we just started, and we're already quarter to a third of the way into the season. Yes, I, 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 uh, I can't believe it myself. This is week five. Wow. Uh, yeah, the, the, the leaves are actually starting to turn on the trees here in Las Vegas. It got down below 100 degrees. Woo! <laughs> okay, let's get right to the news and notes for the NFL. Uh, there's a lot to talk about, a lot of these big-time injuries. And let's start with the controversial one, Tua Tagovailoa. Uh, Tua Tagovailoa. I can't say his How do you say his last name? It's a question. Everyone on TV seems to be keep saying Tagovailoa, like there's an N in there. But I've heard it pronounced in college as Tagovailoa. So I, I don't know. Maybe there's a, a Samoan dialect reason that that, that N sound is in there. I'm not going to pretend that I know. I, I just call him Tua. It keeps me from hurting myself and embarrassing myself. There you go. Okay. <laughs> so Tua is injured. Okay. So the question was, is, was he concussed the previous game? Uh, I thought he was. Uh, but uh, you know, the doctors, there's questions about the whole thing. Uh, what, what do you think, uh, Chris? Do you think they kind of covered this up and, try, and to allow him to play, or, or was it an honest mistake? Uh, I don't think it was a cover-up. I mean, there's too much money involved to try to cover up something that obvious. Let's, let's be honest here. Uh, it, and I don't even know if I'd go so far as to say it's an honest mistake. The one thing that I learned about this 
is that these independent neurological specialists uh, that they have that are supposedly not team doctors, so there's no pressure from the team to get a player back out there. I was under the impression, I just assumed maybe, that these guys were all like neurologists, MDs. And I, I've come to understand from this review process that not all of them are. So uh, is it an honest mistake? Maybe, but maybe the, the dishonest part was not being very clear that these people are not necessarily medical doctors making this decision. That's number one. But the second thing is when, it, when I first looked at the replays, I was getting a little irritated because I thought I could understand that it maybe was a back thing because I saw the thing where he kind of stumbled and it wasn't entirely clear to me that it was a head thing, not a back thing. Maybe his back just kind of gave out. But when I saw the extended clip where I saw it was leading up to it, the one that they didn't show earlier, I see him shaking his head and stuff and kind of like getting the cobwebs out. So I, I, I do think maybe there was some – some, some concussion there. I, I'm a lot more convinced now than I was before. And that kind of tells me that mistakes were clearly made. Uh, now, now, I don't think that had anything to do with the fact that he got majorly concussed on Thursday night, because if you watch that play, he was thrown hard to the ground in the back of his head by a 325-pound man with, with great strength, like a ragdoll. I think anyone would have been concussed badly under those circumstances. I don't necessarily say that it's related. It's just unfortunate because of the high-profile way he was he was uh, he was covered just a few days earlier. Yeah, um, I, I feel bad for him and his family. Uh, whether there was a cover up or a mistake or whatnot, uh, he's out this week. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, one of the better backup quarterbacks in the league, almost a, a borderline starter, is going to start this week. So um, the question here, Chris, is if you're in trouble, you got two on your team, and maybe you have Stafford or somebody that's really struggling right now. Uh, and 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 and, and uh, Stafford, uh, uh, he he plays the Cowboys this week. Uh, I think we're going to talk about him a little bit later in the show. Is, is Bridgewater somebody to target to pick up and actually start? Uh, yeah, I think we're going to talk about Teddy Bridgewater a little bit more in our picks to click and flick as well. But uh, he, he is someone to consider. He's, he's a quality starting caliber quarterback, like you said, with, with some good weapons. So definitely worthwhile to have if you've got roster room and you're a Tua owner, whether as a starter or a backup. Um, and if you don't, if you just need somebody short term, probably not a bad guy either. Maybe you've got a guy who's got a week six bye coming up. You don't have a good backup. He, he, might, be, he might be in for a couple of weeks. It's certainly worth thinking about. Yeah, that's the other thing. We don't know how exactly how long Tua is going to be out. Uh, I would expect him out. Um, I, I would I would kind of be shocked if he plays next week. Uh, he might be out for a month, um, you know. And and also the fact is is that uh, if Teddy Bridgewater has success and the Dolphins are winning, they I think they're going to take the conservative approach with with regards to Tua, and and they're smart if they do. Okay, let's moving on over to a devastating injury in, in Denver. Uh, it looked like just a small hyperextended knee. Nope. Uh, torn ACL, LCL, PCL. Javonta Williams is out for the season. Uh, fantasy impact there, uh, Chris. Uh, you got Melvin Gordon, Mike Boone, and now the, the Broncos have signed uh, Latavius Murray off the Saints practice squad. He, he reverted back to their practice squad after he played for them on Sunday in London He with a score. Uh, kind of vulture that guy. Uh, so what do you what do you do if you're a Javonta Williams owner? Yeah, a lot going on in this story here. First of all, again, bright young talent being on. It's really devastating for a team that was has been struggling offensively. I've been touting Melvin Gordon as over as underrated all all preseason and summer. Again, this is his obvious chance to shine, but he has not looked good so far this year. He's had a lot of fumbles, some key fumbles. Mike Boone's been getting a lot of run, and Mike Boone's a guy that has done well in the past, subbing in uh, for Dalvin Cook in Minnesota. 
Latavius Murray's obviously a guy who's got some experience to walk in off the street and can be very productive. Other side of this, you know, the, the Saints let Latavius Murray go when he got uh, the offer to come off the practice squad. NFL teams have the option to put him on your active roster and not let him go. They did not do that, which tells me that Alvin Kamara is probably more ready to go than, than uh, maybe had been let on. So I, I think that there's a lot going on in this story uh, that impacts the fantasy uh, realm right now. The short-term answer is you've got to assume Gordon, especially on a short week, is probably going to get the lion's share of the carries uh, Thursday night, probably a little bit of Mike Boone, maybe Latavius Murray and some rare goal line things where you don't have to think too much. But going forward after this week with another 10 days till their next game, I would not be surprised to see Latavius Murray and Melvin Gordon in a significant timeshare uh, uh, for, for, for week six and beyond. Yeah, the uh... – the, uh, the reporters just talked to the offensive coordinator for uh, the Broncos, who is Justin Alton, and he says that Gordon is, quote, going to carry the load, obviously, and in a, uh, unquote. And then he also said this, we'll have a mix of Mike Boone, and after that we've got to figure out who can spell and feels best in that position, but we trust Melvin going forward here. And that's what he said. So I think that he had nothing, uh, no alternative, basically, to say something like that on such a short week because they're they're not even hardly practicing. Russell Wilson's been limited in practice. Uh, you know they're they're going through walkthroughs right now. So uh, I don't I, I think Latavius Murray, like you say, if he's in uniform, he he's just going to be there as a number three guy standing sidelines. And maybe if they get around the goal line and they lose faith in Gordon or Gordon has a long run to get down to the one, they might put Murray in just to you know hand him the ball and see if he can get a yard. Uh, but uh, I think it's Gordon this week moving forward. Another big injury uh, over in your side of the country in Indianapolis, Jonathan Taylor's been struggling ever since week one. Well, uh, he ain't, uh, injured his ankle. Um, still not quite sure whether it's a form of a high ankle sprain or not. Uh, he sat out practice both days, very light practice there. Fantasy Impact, uh, Chris, what's your take on Jonathan Taylor, Nyheim Hines, and maybe Philip Lindsay? What's going on there? Yeah, I mean, Taylor has struggled from a fantasy perspective, but it, the offensive line is in what struggled. Taylor's been fine. He's been getting crushed in the backfield. I do think that it's not as serious as they let on. They actually seem very positive about it after the MRI. So uh, it's, I don't think it's a high ankle sprain, but it still could be a bad enough ankle sprain to at least limit him, if not even keep him out on this very short week. Um, Naheem Hines, they've been talking about getting the ball. Hopefully this means they're going to finally start doing that. He's certainly the most experienced guy on that roster right now in their system. You mentioned Philip Lindsay. That's the guy that I find very intriguing because I've often said that, that if, if Taylor got hurt, they wouldn't just make Hines the bell cow. They would try to keep him in a similar role with more touches and bring a guy like Lindsay off the practice squad to, to split times on those early downs. So I think Lindsay, especially against Denver, remember this is where he's from Denver. He, he's from Denver. He went to college there, played there, was a two-time pro bowler there, a thousand yards. I think Philip Lindsay in a little bit of a, I don't call it a revenge game, but I think a, a, a coming home game is possibly going to see a little bit more action than a lot of people think on this very short uh, short week with Jonathan Taylor possibly being So up. if you've got Taylor and Hines or, or, or just Hines, uh, what do you, uh, you, you consider him an RB2 this week against Denver? Um, in a PPR, probably. I think yeah. he's still beginning a fair amount of catches, even though he's not really – carried the ball very much. I think he's probably a low, too, just because Denver's got a really good up, a defense, and, and they've not really been allowing a lot to, to really anybody from a fantasy perspective. So I, I'd be hesitant to put him as much more than a low end, too, 
He's definitely a stronger three or flex than he has been in the past, especially in PPRs. What's interesting is that, you know, Denver going into last week was uh, limiting a lot of people, and Josh Jacobs just ran all the way through them. <laughs> but that's Josh Jacobs and the uh, the Raiders' offensive line there, and it was also a road game. This is in Denver, so that makes a little bit of difference. Moving on quickly to, to Atlanta, Cordero Patterson uh, has been struggling with a knee injury. Uh, well, he underwent a procedure. He's been placed in IR. He's expected to miss four weeks, just, just basically the four weeks. You got Tyler Algier, the rookie, and then you got also, uh, I think, undrafted rookie Caleb Huntley, who came in the game, split carries with Algier, and actually got the score last week. Fantasy impact there moving forward. Who do you like better, Algier or Huntley, uh, Chris? Ooh, I, I honestly don't like either one of them a whole lot, <laughs> but uh, Huntley is going to probably get the higher value touches or goal line touches. He's a lot more of a bruiser than uh, than Algier is. What this might actually do from a fantasy perspective, I mean, Marcus Mariota might be the leading rusher as far as both yards and carries uh, for this team uh, it, with, with Cordero Patterson out. Maybe this will finally show Kyle Pitts that he can get the ball because he's been curiously invisible so far most of the year. I don't know if, if I feel really good about really any of the Falcons running backs. Maybe Caleb Huntley because he's got a much better chance to score. Yeah, Huntley's more of a bruising back. Uh, Tyler Adjir, a little bit taller, lighter, uh, more of a slasher there. But uh looks like uh, Huntley got most of the early down action once uh, Patterson left the game last week. Uh, I think I would rate uh, Huntley just a little bit higher than, than Algier, but long-term probably Algier. And then, of course, remember Damian Williams coming off of IR another week, so he's going to uh, be in the mix, and uh, the coaches yeah. are really still high on him. In fact, he was he's starting uh, ahead of Patterson uh, on week one until he got injured really early in that game. So it's going to be – it's it's really is a mess for fantasy owners uh, in Atlanta, the running game there. Let's quickly move down the injury list. Uh, Dak Prescott with the hand. He's been trying to hold that football to see, uh, you know, that thumb. Uh, he's still week to week. I don't think he's going to play this week. Jameis Winston was just kind of a surprise scratch a little bit, back and ankle. Uh, they rested him like Alvin Kamara with the rib uh, in London. It looks like probably those guys are probably going to play this week. Like you said, if they were really conserved out Kamara this coming week, they would have uh, held and restricted. Uh, Latavius Murray. I think they made a decision. They were let's go. Uh, he's close this week, guys. But let's make sure that Kamara's uh, close to 100% healthy for next week's game. And so they sat him. And I think he's going to play this week. Mac Jones with that high ankle sprain. I think it's all uh, smoke and mirrors there. I don't think he's going to play this week for the Patriots. Bailey Zap. Oh boy. Anyway, moving on over to, to Detroit, uh, Donder Swift with the ankle and shoulder. Looks like he's going to miss another game. They're targeting coming back after the bye in week seven. Uh, David Montgomery, ankle, knee in Chicago, still uncertain there. Khalil Herbert's hurting to hold it down there. Uh, in uh, For L.A., uh, the Chargers, uh, Keenan Allen, I think he had a setback last Thursday, left the field early with a trainer, uh, didn't practice on Friday, didn't play. They're listing him as day-to-day, but until he gets in there and practices and has a full day of practice, uh, looks like a no-go. And if you drafted Keenan Allen, I did in a couple of leagues early, uh, you're you're feeling it because he he caught four quick passes week one and he's been out ever since. It's not it's not fun. Speaking of not fun, uh, owners of some Ron, Ron St. Brown uh, ankle didn't play last week. Uh, un, uncertain whether he'll play along with his uh, teammate DJ Chark. Everybody out there that grabbed Josh Reynolds, yes, uh, we pimped him uh, as fantasy reaches, and I actually grabbed him in two FFPC leagues and started him and got the 21 points this past week. So um, if St. Brown and Shark are not uh, playing again this week, uh, Josh Reynolds is another uh, good play. Michael Thomas with that foot uh, for the Saints, he didn't play last week. 
His running mate, Jarvis Landry, played through an ankle injury. Uh, we'll see if uh, Thomas can practice this week and play. Rashard Bateman for Baltimore, in case you're wondering. He has a midfoot injury. He's listed as day-to-day. Doesn't look that serious, but we'll see if he practices. Jacoby Meyer with a knee for New England, still uncertain there. Hunter Renfro with a concussion. We'll see if he practices. Jan Dawson uh, with a hamstring injury. Expected to miss one to two weeks of action for Washington there. That means more targets for Terry McLaurin. I think we're going to talk about him later in the show. Uh, Traylon Burks, uh, the rookie for the Titans, turf toe. Expected to miss some time, I would think, at least a couple of weeks there. Zay Jones with the ankle was a surprise uh, inactive uh, last week. Uh, I think he injured it in practice on Friday. Uh, Thursday or Friday, uh, we'll see if he can run. And Isaiah McKenzie, uh, concussion, we'll see if he can play. And they need him because James Crowder broke his ankles, gone for the year. And uh, before we want to uh, go to our break here, we want to remind everyone uh, our our special sponsor for the season is FanDuel. And they have a very special um, message here. Uh, Everyone tackle millions in prizes all football season long in FanDuel Fantasy Contest. If you're new to fantasy, then there's no better time to get on the action because right now, new customers get a free single-game entry when you sign up for FanDuel. Download the app, people, uh, the FanDuel app. That's what you want to do here. Single-game contests are a great way to get in on the action for the week's biggest matchups with huge cash prizes prizes up for grabs. Just draft your five-player lineup, put in your best player in the MVP position where fantasy points are multiplied by one and a half. Plus, on FanDuel, you also play full slate contests featuring multiple games, season-long best ball contests, and so much more. And when you win, you will get paid fast. Believe you me, I played uh, on their uh, platform before, and they do pay fast. So uh, kick off your fantasy season if you haven't already played for the free single-game entry. Just download the FanDuel Fantasy app and sign up with the promo code MASTERMIND. Yes, that's M-A-S-T-E-R-M-I-N-D, MASTERMIND. Get your free single-game entry. That's promo code MASTERMIND, M-A-S-T-E-R-M-I-N-D, to get your free single-game entry. All right, and we'll be right back after this important message. You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with assistance from the definitive fantasy football information service, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com. There's plenty of free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. Co-founder and CEO Michael Nazarek has several decades of experience, including winning four consecutive SI.com Experts League Championships, along with tens of thousands of dollars playing in the Fantasy Football Players Championship. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy football content updated daily, which give you the edge you need to legitimately claim championship. Championship! Redrafter, Dynasty, Keeper, Auction, Salary Cap, IDP. They cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. Okay, please check out our website, ffmastermind.com. Lots of free stuff on there, good stuff, including our flagship feature, NFL Quick Bits, uh, all the NFL news and such is updated as it happens. We're also posting free Ionis Sky scanning reports, including those that cover the Colts from uh, Chris Rito. Uh, Chris, 
uh, didn't uh, release a review report. He's doing a special double report. It's going to be released on the site tomorrow, both review and preview of the big Thursday night matchup with an update on Jonathan Taylor and such for the Colts. Uh, of course, our weekly premium fantasy newsletters, uh, we discounted it. Yep, uh, last time it was uh, the full price was $39.95. It's discounted uh, almost 40% down to $24.95. It's our early season sale, so for the price of a extra-large pizza with everything on it, you can try out our website for the rest of the year. Please come and support our website, ffmastermind.com, with a premium purchase. You can follow me on Twitter, at ffmastermind. All right, let's get to this week's Picks to Click and Flick. Guys you want to consider seriously getting into your lineup or guys you want to seriously throw on your bench, give me a couple of quarterbacks you like this week and why, Chris. You know, we mentioned Teddy Bridgewater earlier. I mean, Teddy B's coming off the pine, but he's, made, he's got a lot of things going in his favor this week. First of all, and most of all, He's still got Tyreek and Waddle on the outside, and their yard-after-catch skills make the accurate short passing game of Teddy Bridgewater very potentially explosive. And then secondly, the Jets have just been way easier to pass on than to run on, and they've played far worse at home, oddly enough, so there's some opportunity to succeed here. And then finally, Bridgewater always seems to kind of rise up in his first game coming off the pines. Uh, uh, he had 200 yards in just a half a game last week in relief, and kind of weirdly, his high yardage game of the year, each of the last two seasons as a trench starter, was in his second game. So this will be his second game. We'll see if it happens again. Coming off that Thursday night game, he's had extra time to prepare as the starter, so I think the vet's going to light it up this week. And then across the field, I really like Zach Wilson, too. Um, he's also got a receiving crew that's better than his backfield and probably also going to have cause to air it out a lot based on a negative game script. Um, yeah, I mean, if you don't penalize for turnovers, Wilson should be good. He should have another high-volume game against a pass defense that has allowed the second-most passing yards so far, and admittedly, a lot of it due to putting teams in that kind of negative game script that I just talked about. Um, he had his second-biggest yards game as a pro last week, coming straight off a month-long injury and a slow start, so I think he's only going to get better with more practice and more healing. Okay, a couple of uh, quarterbacks I like this week. Joe Burrow uh, coming off a solid game on Thursday night. Well, he gets the Ravens' pass defense. This should be a pretty high-scoring game. Uh, their secondary is still struggling. Uh, they uh, limited Josh out a little bit early last week, but Josh got his uh, touchdown passes and a run in there to uh, put up a solid game for fantasy. I think Joe Burrow is going to do the same there. He's going to get the points done. And last week's uh, caution play didn't turn out to be such a caution play. Patrick Mahomes, yeah, when you doubt him, that's when he comes up big. Well, he gets the Raiders at home this week, and their secondary is uh, not exactly the best. So uh, you're going to start Patrick Mahomes, but he should get you a good play this week, uh, lots of points. A couple of guys I'm concerned about. My caution play this week is Colin Murray. Uh, Arizona has really been starting off slow. They played a little bit better last week, but guess what? They're playing the Eagles this week, uh, one of the best uh, defenses in the league. Give up a couple of quick touchdowns of Trevor Lawrence, shut them down the rest of the game. Uh, so I think it's going to be tough going, rough going for Colin Murray. If you got a better option, uh, consider it. And, of course, Marcus uh, Mariota for Atlanta. No Cordero Patterson there. Has trouble hooking up with Kyle Pitts. Uh, he's uh, running around. Well, guess what? They're getting the Bucks this week. The Bucks just got burned by the Chiefs. Uh, that ain't going to happen two weeks in a row. It's going to be a long day for the Atlanta offense, so I'll be sitting Mariota this week. How about you, Chris? A couple of quarterbacks you're not crazy about and why? Uh, I'll start with Justin Fields. It almost goes without saying Fields is not a weak winner, but uh, the Vikings have actually been a pretty good pass defense despite allowing among the top five in passing yards. I know some people might be looking at this as a reason to maybe call for a breakout week for Fields coming off his season high in yardage, but the Vikings have really only allowed three touchdown passes all season uh, despite playing Aaron Rodgers, Goff, and Jalen Hurts already. So I, I honestly don't understand why his starting and ownership rate is as high as it is. 
in my opinion, he's not even rosterable in 10-man leagues uh, and maybe maybe not in 12-team leagues. But if you still have him and you're still thinking of starting him, don't. Uh, and then another guy I don't like is Matt Ryan. Uh, it's just hard to get enthused about an immobile and fumble-ravaged quarterback facing a pass defense that's among the league leaders in quarterback pressures, forced fumbles, has the second-fewest passing yards, and the third-fewest fantasy points. You know, despite all of his turnovers, Ryan's had a couple of big yardage games so far based on volume, but Denver's offense probably can't force the Colts into that much of a catch-up mode early enough to give him the volume needed to overcome his low efficiency. I went back and looked over his career. Uh, Matt Ryan's had a long career tearing up divisional rivals on Thursday night football. He's killed New Orleans almost every year on Thursday night. But he's failed to throw a touchdown in his last three Thursday night games, and these were all the ones against non-divisional foes, which is what Thursday is. So I think his underwhelming receiving core, uh, he might actually be the lowest-ranking starting quarterback for fantasy this week in the entire league. Yeah, I tell you, uh, Matt Ryan, uh, I, my choices were Stafford and Ryan in a 14-team league last week, and I went with Ryan, and <laughs> that was the right call because uh, Matthew Stafford really struggled on Monday night. Anyway, how about a couple of running backs you like this week and why? Uh, really like Kareem Hunt this week. He's due for a bit of a breakout game, and the stars are kind of aligning for it to be this week. He's playing a clear secondary role, but he still consistently posted between 45 and 60 rush yards each week, multiple targets and catches, 13 CPR points per game. This week's opponent, the Chargers, have been killed by pass-catching backs. They've allowed the most touchdowns in the air, top five in receptions and yardage to backs, and over six yards per carry to running backs and amongst the most fantasy points per game to running backs, 30 points per game. Here's an interesting fact, though. Hunt went back. I went back and looked at Hunt's career. He's played four games against the Chargers in his career. He has scored twice in three of those four games, including his only game against them as a Brown last season. And then I like, kind of like Travis Etienne as a sneaky play this week. His usage is inched up each week. He's actually outsnapped James Robinson so far for the year. And it looks like a chance for him to maybe finally have the breakout, which has been oh so close for him. The last ranked Texans run defense has allowed the most yards, the second most attempts, and perhaps most importantly for Etienne, the most running back targets and receptions so far. So I, I think you know, they're going to want Etienne's explosiveness against the poor tackling team. So this might be as much of a, a hunch as anything, quite honestly. Even with, but even with the even touches, as usual this week, he might be the one that does the most with it. Because Eckler, Hines, okay. Khalil Herbert have had good games so far versus Houston, and they're more like ETN than Robinson. There you go. Okay. A couple of running backs I like this week. Well, there's two on one team, Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, guess what? They're playing the Lions who can't stop anyone. Rashad Penny Rovshot on them. They're in the strict RBBC. Uh, each get a uh, drive. So I think both of them are going to have more success and score uh, this week. And I'm going to go with the, the running mate of the guy that you like, uh, Etienne's running back, James Robinson. Uh, I think there's room for both to have uh, good games in this game uh, against the Texans. Uh, Eckler and such uh, just ran all over him and caught passes and such. So I think Robinson scored in this game too. So, uh, uh, you know, start him with uh, confidence there. A couple guys like that scare me. Cam Akers, is he the starter or the not starter? I don't know. The backup? Anyway, the Cowboys, uh, you know, very uh, tough against uh, everyone. Basically, their defense is playing well right now. I think Cowboys going to limit Acres. I wouldn't start Acres or Henderson in this game. So uh, you know, sit both of them, but uh, specifically Acres too. And uh, Antonio Gibson, his snaps already uh, trending downward. 
Uh, so he's playing limited snaps, uh, and you got Brian Robinson is supposedly going to make his debut this week. Uh, and also, guess what? The Titans have only allowed one running back score in 2022 so far. So that does not bode well for uh, Antonio Gibson. I would be uh, wary about starting him. Uh, we'll see what happens. Anyway, how about you, Chris? A couple of running backs you're not crazy about, and why? Uh, I don't like Jamal Williams this week. I know I know that sounds crazy after the week he just had, but I'd be shocked to see DeAndre Swift play this week with the week six by looming. So I'm sure a lot of people are going to see Williams as a workhorse with big potential. But Williams racked up that huge week four against the worst team in the NFL against the run. And the Lions all year have been facing subpar run defenses, quite honestly. This week they got a banged-up team going on the road to New England in a game that's going to probably look like it's been playing with a running clock. It's going to be pretty low scoring. Uh, the Patriots are one of the best in the NFL stopping the fantasy running back. They're the only team so far not to allow a rushing touchdown to a running back, and that's been the staple of Jamal Williams' fantasy value so far this year. Don't chase last week's scores. Williams is going to struggle this week. And I don't like Najee Harris. Huge year last year, total touches and targets, but right now he's outside the top 12 in rushes and outside the top 25 in targets and rushing yards and fantasy points per game. Now you've got the Bills' stout run defense. A lot of reasons to dislike Harris this week. It's, but I think the game script's also going to try to make them force the ball in the air a little more than they'd like to. And even if they don't, the Bills are going to dare pick it to beat them and stack the box against an already overmatched Steelers line. This game's going to be ugly for the Steelers and probably for Harris the most. Okay. Uh, how about uh, wide receiver? Uh, you got a couple guys you like this week? like Michael Gallup. I like what I saw in his first game, even on a snap count. Um, he's had more time to mesh with Cooper Rush with the second unit in Dallas. And now that he's a starter, like we've always talked about, the guy, when the backup quarterback comes in, sometimes the number three receiver steps up. Gallup's been the number three for the last few years. So um, I kind of like him. I think the Rams' front four is going to stop the line. And even though he had a struggle a couple of weeks so far, I think Jalen Ramsey is going to spend more time on CeeDee Lamb than Gallup. So he's going to be guarded by secondary options. Odd stat, Gallup has averaged 100 yards per game in his career when playing in the Pacific time zone. How's that for a weird thing? So out west in L.A., kind of like him. And then Brandon Cooks. I mean, the Jaguars this season have been fairly poor guarding the receiver, and they've played Indy without Pittman, and they played the Chargers without Keenan Allen. So it's, they're even worse than they look right now. But you look at the personal history of Cooks here. Some players just crush certain teams. This is Jacksonville and Cooks. Four games as a Texan against his division rival over the last two seasons, Cooks has averaged 24 PPR points per game with a low of 17.5, 300-yard games in those four, four touchdowns. In two other games during his tours around the league, he, he played two other games against the Jaguars, six for 100 with New England and five for 123 with a score against New Orleans or with New Orleans. This is ludicrous. He just loves to cook the Jaguars, 500-yard games out of six. Yeah, I tell you, I like Cooks this week too. All right, a couple of guys I like this week. Uh, both have not scored. Uh, been kind of disappointments as supposed to the number ones for their team. Terry McLaurin for Washington. I think he's going to score on the Titans. The Titans uh, are tough against the run, but uh, suck against the pass. <laughs> and Elijah Moore for the Jets. Uh, just got a feeling Zach Wilson is going to get his buddy more involved this week. Uh, Moore's not been terrible, but uh, PPR has been averaging about eight, nine points a game, and, and you're supposed to get more from your uh, supposed WR2 or a high three, and he's one one like a slow three this week. But I think he's going to finally make an impact for the score this week. A couple of guys I'm concerned about, uh, DJ Moore. It's just a simple fact that Baker Mayfield's uh, poor play is just killing his upside. So if you start more, uh, you know, don't expect uh, too much on the upside there. And Drake London, wow. Uh, you know, I don't like um, Marcus Mariota this week. They're playing the Bucks. 
Well, Drake London is going to face uh, the top corner coverage against the Bucks, and uh, Mariota's been struggling to get him the ball or anyone the ball. So I'd be careful about starting Drake London this week. You probably have to if you have, you know if you've got him as a as a three. But uh, temper your expectations there. How about you, Chris? A couple of wide receivers you're not crazy about, and why? Uh, Rashad Bateman, he had an unsustainable fantasy value through two weeks because of two fluky broken plays resulting in long touchdowns. Aside from that, he only has like nine catches for a buck 13 on 20 targets. And he also missed the end of last week with a foot injury you mentioned earlier. Not really clearly defined, but to the naked eye, it kind of had the earmarks of a Liz Frank injury. So that could be bad for a receiver. The Bengals have only allowed one passing touchdown to a receiver so far, and they've not even faced an, even an average run game. So I think there's going to be a running game for, for Baltimore. So I think his fantasy relevance is going to be pretty low again this week. And then Adam Thielen. Uh, the Bears have been fairly good at shutting down the fantasy receiver, only yielding one receiving touchdown and the third fewest yards, the fewest receptions and target volume. Um, but kind of like Cook here, there's, there's a really strong history for Thielen, again, but it's negative in this case. In 11 career games versus the Bears, Thielen has never topped 68 yards, and that was in a, as a rookie in 2014 in a meaningless season finale. Uh, he's only averaged 33 point yards per game in those 11 games. He did score in both games versus Chicago last year. But those were his first TDs in this matchup since that rookie game score. So I look for a low volume and low opportunity for Thielen this week. Okay, how about tight end? A couple of guys you like this week and why? Uh, Zach Ertz, he's probably a starter for you anyway. He's one of only two tight ends to have double-digit PPR scoring every game. And he's done so despite facing teams that otherwise have been very good against the tight end this year. So he's got the highest floor this side of Kelsey, but he's also got a lot of motivation this week. He's going to face off against his longtime team, the Eagles. They traded him. He had a really bad experience his last year and a half there. So he's got some a little bit of stuff under his skin. And the guy he mentored and then was replaced by Dallas Goddard to cross the field is probably going to have a good game against him. So I think they're going to target him a lot and he's going to want to be targeted. They're going to want to get him a score also. And quite honestly, it's, likely since he has half of the team's 20 red zone targets through four games. And then I love Logan Thomas this week. As we've mentioned several times, by the way, the Titans are very poor against the pass. Uh, They're particularly poor against the tight end as well because their weak secondary has had to match up and double up on any decent receivers. So the tight end's been left to be covered by a linebacker all the time. So for, for a mismatch guy like Thomas, there's an opportunity for big plays. So while he might not have a big volume day, I think he's going to have some big play potential and some high value red zone targets to make him very worthwhile. Okay, a couple of tight ends I like this week. Uh, T.J. Hawkinson, I know he's coming off that huge game. Well, the Patriots have also allowed five touchdown scores in 2022, so you're going to plug and play him. And Dallas Goddard uh, for the uh, Eagles. The Cardinals are a bottom three team against the tight end, so I think we might see dueling tight ends in that game. A couple of guys I'll be uh, cautious about, uh, and I own this guy in a couple of leagues. I'm not playing him until he does something. Dalton Schultz. Three targets, no catches last week. They got that knee injury. Tough 49ers tight end defense. They uh, shut them down, lock them down. That equals fantasy bench in my mind. Uh, Will Disley scored two weeks in a row for Seattle. Well, guess what? The Saints played the tight end very tough. I'd be uh, cautious about picking up Disley off your waiver wire and assuming that he's going to score this week. Uh, I I just don't think it's going to happen, so be careful there. How about you, Chris, a couple of tight ends you're not crazy about and why this week? Uh, my caution play is Pat Fryermuth. He's getting a fair amount of action, so his floor is pretty safe. But he's a caution play this week. Uh, the Bills have allowed the third fewest yards of the tight end, the fewest receptions and targets and fantasy points, and not a single touchdown yet. Um, they've actually been that way since the start of last year. Uh, Patty Fry is already playing for a weak passing offense. 
and the prospects don't really improve drastically with rookie Kenny Pickett under center. So I think with Buffalo coming home after three challenging road games, it should make for a loud environment. I wouldn't want to face that defense. And then Dawson Knox um, crossed the field there. Even with all the great recent matchups for passing all the balls in the air, Knox is still not seeing enough balls to merit starting him weekly. I know we covered this, and in, in he was one of my picks to, to really worry about in the preview uh, preseason. He's been reduced to a touchdown-dependent option who hasn't been scoring touchdowns, and that makes him no different than a guy like Evan Ingram or Colts number three tight end, Kylan Granson, each of whom have nearly identical stats to him for the season. So uh, with the expectation of a reduced aerial volume for Buffalo this week and a Steelers defense that's only allowed one tight end touchdown, Knox is way better left on your bench. Yep. Okay. Uh, one hit wonders at kicker and defense. Hit me with them, Chris. Uh, kicker, two veteran guys that are under 5% owned, surprisingly. I'll start with Mason Crosby, second week in a row. Only technically a home game in England, but he's averaging 10 points per game as a home kicker and three points per game as a visitor. So I like him against the Giants, who have allowed the second-most field goal attempts and kicker points through four weeks. And then Jason Myers in Seattle, back-to-back double-digit weeks, have him on the edge of being a low at number one, and the Seattle offense is trending up. Plus, New Orleans has allowed the league-high kicker points and four field goals a game through four weeks. That's crazy. Um, uh, for defenses, I like Tennessee going into Washington. They've got a really good pass rush. Wentz has been under a lot of duress. So I think the O-line's been a sieve. Tennessee should get a lot of pressure there, even if they can't cover anyone behind them. And then I love Kansas City uh, at home against Vegas. They've averaged 17 fantasy points per game in two games against Vegas last year and 18 fantasy points per game in the last three divisional home games. So Kansas City's definitely primed to have a big day. No, that's, that, that makes my life easier because I've got Kansas City on the – one of my teams this year, also the the Brett Barr choice for last week was money. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, anyway, oh, yeah. uh, thanks for joining us, everyone. Uh, for Chris Rito, this is Mike Nazarek. We'll see you all next week when we offer our week number six preview. Good night and good luck to everyone playing this week. Football! Football? You know, a physical sport. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Nazareth, the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Good day, sir! It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.